Welcome to the Campus Women's Ministry Podcast. This ministry is devoted to producing women after God's own heart and interceding for the society around us. Listen as Prophetess Zipporah Crown shares insights into God's Word. I pray this podcast ministers to you. Expectation will not be put to shame. We thank you. Let your spirit brood here more and let hearing come naturally. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please be seated. I'm grateful to the Lord for this opportunity, to the Kolebu Christian Network, the organizers of this joint service for the singular honor done me. And then to my long-standing friends, over 20 years since we've been friends, Dr. Chega. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to see him. We used to argue over so many things for years till we, we reconciled positions. And here we are today. God bless you so much. Amen. So we are looking at growth in the spirit. Tell your neighbor growth in the spirit. God wants us to grow. And the goal of spiritual growth is maturity. The essence of maturity is Christ-likeness. When we say we are growing in the spirit, we are saying that we want to become like Christ in his spirituality. Entirely like Christ. And that's in Ephesians 4. He says what? The purpose of all the ministry offices is so that we become a perfect example of man. And Christ is that model of perfect man. And so the measure of Christ, the whole full measure of Christ, is the goal of our growth in spirituality. Amen. It's not a denomination, it's not a a particular man of God. They are just aids. But the essence is Christ. We are to become like Christ in all we do. And that is the measure of growth in the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. A matured Christian is designated, a matured believer is designated a Christian. In Acts 13, it was after 11, after they had taught the church for one year, prophets, teachers grilled the church. Then people saw the people behaved and they reasoned exactly like Christ and they began to call them Christians. Christians. Amen. So you are a believer and to become a Christian, you need to grow in the spirit. It's important that you understand this. You can call yourself a Christian, but until you have the mind of Christ, you are not yet a Christian. You are only a believer. And there are many believers who don't make it, because even the demons believe and tremble. God's mind for us is to mature and become perfect like Christ. Christ is God's standard of a perfect human being. God's standard of perfection. So growth is pointed at Christ, Christ likeness, Christ in mind, Christ in demeanor, Christ in reaction, Christ default mode, Christ. And this is what the church needs to know. Now the Bible tells us that to do this, the first step is that we must be born again. You must have the spirit of Christ to aspire to become like Christ. Until you have the spirit of Christ, 
You cannot aspire and wish to become like Christ. Because you can't mature what you have not sown. You don't expect a harvest from a seed that is in the storeroom. It is when the seed is sown in the correct soil, in the correct climate, that you can expect a harvest. It's much the same way in the spirit realm. Until Christ is put in you, we don't expect a harvest of Christ from you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so after being born again, in Hebrews 6, 1 to 6, the Bible tells us the foundational teachings. First, you must repent from dead works. The Bible says a sin that caused death. You were dead in your sins and transgressions. And when the Bible is talking about that death, he's not talking about being put in a coffin. He's talking about your spirit man being separate from God's spirit. And that is death. The coffin one was a punishment to Adam for listening to his wife rather than to God. And that's why the Bible said death came through Adam. When God is talking about death, that came from eating the fruit. It is the separation of God's spirit from man's spirit. Man was cut off from God and man became subject to the elemental spirits. He should be ruling. But the death of six feet was punishment for Adam. And therefore in Adam, all men die. You will hustle and toil until you return to the ground. For dust you are and to dust you will return. That's the legacy of Adam 1. You have to repent from all dead works. Number two, you must build faith towards God. You know the rest, so I won't bore you with it. And then remember that there is a judgment, there is eternal life, there is hell, there is heaven. You should know that whatever spirit you partnership or fellowship with will impact you. So you should know about laying on of hands. That you can be impacted by the spirit you allow to influence you. The kind of music you listen to will influence you. The kind of company you keep will influence you. Impartations are real. So what is the whole broad agenda of spiritual growth? The first stop after you are born again, gone through repentance from dead works, renewing of your mind, have building faith towards God. Are you getting it? Baptisms, laying on of hands, all those. The first thing you should know that before you can grow spiritually, are you with me? You must be separated from the world. It is the master key to spiritual growth. Separation from the world. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. Don't you realize that friendship with the world is enmity towards God? And you can't walk with God until you agree to his principles. Because it takes agreement to fellowship. Can two walk together except they have the same mind? Separation. What made Judas fall? Let's ask ourselves that question. It's possible to fall from grace no matter how high you level you have attained in the spirit. Why? See, it is dangerous to aspire to high realms of spirituality when you have not laid the basic foundation of separation from the world. And so you realize that Hebrews chapter 6 verse 5 and 6, after telling you the process of, of the foundation, then says let's go on to spirituality. Then he issues a caveat. He says be careful because if you fall from the level of maturity, that is it. 
There's no longer any sacrifice. You cannot repent. There's a realm you reach that you have tasted all that God has made available for man in Christ. If you fall from that realm, there's no hope. Now, why should the Bible even warn us of falling from that realm? We would assume that once you reach such a level, that angels can come to you and talk with you. You teach them Bible. That you cannot fall. Let anyone who thinks he stands, beware lest he fall. I am hitting at these points because it's a broad topic. Because the youth today, you love God and you are excited about spiritual things. But you are lopsided on cleanliness, spiritual cleanliness. You are not taking separation from the world seriously enough. And as you progress, if you progress in this mode, the only thing we can expect and is certain is a falling away. And God forbid that you should fall away. And so that's why today I'm drawing your attention to this key thing. It sounds unexciting, it sounds mundane, but I would be very wicked to come and excite you with highfalutin words and leave you unarmed and unequipped to face the challenge that is before us. Presently, we are faced with religious syncretism. The church has not separated Christianity enough from other Eastern religions. Even from natural religions like fetishism. We are still partaking in festivals. We are still exciting about traditions and cultures. Until we separate ourselves, we cannot begin to grow in the spirit. Because God expects those who worship him to worship him in what? Spirit. And also in what? Truth. And the Bible says, thy word is truth. God defines truth as the word. So until your life is fully synchronized, patterned, and headed for the word, you are not going anywhere. You can't grow spiritually apart from the word. Amen. Hallelujah. So what made Judas fall? Judas was exposed to the highest level of spiritual company. God in human form. Why should such a person fall from grace and become the son of perdition? You know the answer. He did not separate himself from the world. Like Demas, he loved the world. Judas loved money. Judas was not serious about putting to death his members on the earth. The Bible said, mortify the desires of the flesh, your members on the earth. He still loved money and his trappings. And he was actually stealing from Christ. Can you imagine? If we are talking about an anointed man of God, was there anyone more anointed than Jesus Christ? Huh? If we are talking about spiritual environment, it, can, you, can you compare any spiritual environment that is higher than being around Christ and hearing him teach? Then how can someone who walked with Christ fall? He went through Christ the whole three and a half years. He was there, the full ministry. It was on the night of the Last Supper before Christ would go to the cross that Judas fell. It's possible to fall from any level of spiritual height. I'm repeating it because you must get it. How do you beat the strength? Separation. How do you separate yourself from the world so that you can grow spiritually? You must live the life of David. You know what? You must kill your Goliath. David picked smooth stones from the stream 
And that is the stone that crushed the skull of the giants that confronted the nation. And his victory was rooted in a principle that I will show you. You remember Moses was 40 days on the mountain to receive the old covenant. Elijah was 40 days to reach the same mountain and receive instructions on how to demolish Jezebel finally. Christ was 40 days in the wilderness to break through the natural realm and usher the creation into the spirit. Until you learn to fasten your appetite on spiritual things, you cannot grow spiritually. In other words, a fasted life, a life in the wilderness, in praise and in the presence of God, was David's secret. In praise, prayer, and the presence. In what? Prayer and the presence. You can put the order anyhow. Doesn't matter. The three Ps. Your spirit man must know the word of God. No matter what voice speaks, your spirit man must be able to pick out the voice of God naturally. And that comes from what? Prayer and the presence and praise. David's strong point was what? Prayer and praise. And so the presence was always with him. Are you getting it? Now, in this atmosphere was where David got the stones from the stream. The stream is the living word, prophetically. And so, it is the word that has been quickened to you. The rema. That is the word that has been smoothened by the flowing stream. That can crack the skull of your Goliath. And who is that Goliath? The flesh dominating you, wanting to bring you back into bondage. Because they were in the promised land, Goliath wanted to take over. Egypt is your life before you became born again. The Philistines are the things that challenge you from growing spiritually. You are already in the promised land. But who is always contending for that land? The Philistines. And the giant of the Philistines is Goliath. Your flesh towering huge and dominating your spirit man. The giant that we have to deal with, the Goliath we are contending with to grow spiritually, is the flesh that refuses to give way. And so we come to today's passage, Galatians 5, 16 to 18. And I'll read it to you. He says what? This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit also lusteth against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you should or you would. But if we are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Say hallelujah. So I am saying that Egypt is the world. You don't have a problem with Egypt. After crossing the Red Sea, baptized into Christ, become a partaker, you have identified with his cause, been initiated into Christ. You don't have a problem with the Red Sea. You have gone through the wilderness of learning assurance of faith, killing the, are you getting it? The works of the flesh. You don't have a problem. You have come into your promised land. You are in Christ now. How do you attain to the measure of Christ? Grow in the spirit. I'm not, I'm skipping the baby stage. I'm now you are in Christ. Everybody knows you are a Christian. How do you enter into that place? How can you run in the night armed with your sword before 
Solomon's Satan, his chariot. How can you climb and go with the bride to the heights of Amana? How do you do this? Walk in the spirit. That is where you get the smooth pebbles to crack the skull of your Goliath. Goliath is not Egypt. Goliath is in the promised land. He's in Canaan land, isn't it? Goliath is taking the coastal strip of the promised land. The Philistines were the most difficult people to dislodge from the promised land. And up to now, they are still there. In a disguise of Palestinian. How? The Bible is telling us by this. The Spirit is telling us prophetically that the challenge that stops us from becoming Christ-like is not the world. It is the flesh. The Bible says a man who has control over himself is greater than one who conquers a city. Military itinerary is not half as strong as the power of the flesh. The man who can command an operation to conquer a whole city is weak against an erection he has. The man who can strategize to bring Saddam Hussein down was bowing at the altar of a young 18-year-old girl. Demolished, flawed, disgraced. Jeffrey Einstein conquered the world, but Jeffrey Einstein was demolished last month by a mere girl. Committed suicide. He was disgraced. 14-year-old girl he slept with. That's the end of Jeffrey Einstein. He's dead. He's in the morgue right now. The billionaire that cruised in the Virgin Islands. So, to crush, operation, kill Goliath is the same as growing in the spirit. It took a pebble, a stone, a scripture that was received through the flowing living water of the Rema. It's what killed Goliath. If you learn the Bible and you don't learn the spirit of the Bible, you are not growing. You can be quoting scriptures. We acknowledge you have been to seminary. But you must go to the school of Christ, the spirit, to grow and conquer the flesh. What is this flesh? Colossians 3, 5. What is the flesh? The flesh is what? Do you notice that anytime God is talking about the flesh, most times the first thing is fornication, sexual sin. Spiritual growth entails that we learn to control our libido. At first it was men. Now the women are fully operational. Masturbation. It is a pity that because of the structure of modern society, we cannot marry as young as they did before. So, the challenge now is to learn how to control the flesh. If you gain power and you become a full symbolism of the Holy Spirit, having your seven locks representing the sevenfold spirit of God, Strong, you can move the gates of, the, of Gaza and carry them 40 miles to the hill of Hebron and cast it down. With the jawbone of an ass, you can demolish a thousand men. If you don't know how to say no to Delilah, the delights of the flesh, how can such a man, some, something was the symbolism of the Holy Ghost, the seven locks, power, there was nothing he couldn't do. That was something. God's version of Goliath, isn't it? But something fell on the laps of a Philistinian woman. What the armies of Philistine couldn't do, a woman did. Easily, cheaply. Five times eleven was what she got as payment. Shekels. Each lord gave her how many? A hundred and ten, and there were five lords. 
I don't want to go into the symbolism of that. But please, the first thing is separate yourself from the world. Next, kill what? The desires of the flesh. Sin came about because of misplaced desire. As a Christian, if you don't know this truth, you are kidding. Lucifer was perfect. It was a mystery to me in my Bible studies. How can iniquity be found in perfection? How can perfection birth imperfection? It baffled me. Till I saw the secret in Ezekiel 28. He says what? You traded your wisdom for splendor. Why? Desire conquered what? Wisdom and sin was born. Sin is the spark, the gem that springs forth. When desire is taken out of its place. Desire is neutral. Desire is what? Neutral. When God says, this is the limits of desire. When you, you put your desire above that limit, you spark, you release a force called sin. What causes sins and fightings amongst you? Is it not your desires that war within you? As the Apostle James. Lucifer fell from grace because of misplaced desire. Lucifer's office was that of the anointed cherub, the katamansu of God's throne. The anointed cherub that covered. Notice that he was not elect, he was even anointed. He fell. Why? He desired to raise his throne above the stars of God. He desired to walk in the congregation of the... Lucifer is an angel. Creation will not listen to his voice. Because the angelic class do not have the authority to command and it will stand. It's only God and man. You shall decree a thing. They are powerful, wise and strong to carry out the decrees of God. That's what the Bible tells us Psalm 103. When desire went ultra virus, sin was born into the creation. Kill the flesh before it kills you. Don't feed the flesh. Walk rather in the spirit. You understand that enough for me not to go into it. If you know that these movies, these things, see, let me tell you one thing. The things you keep looking at either feed your spirit mind or your flesh. In the wilderness, when the serpent struck, it was looking at Christ and him crucified. The brazen serpent that brought healing. The same way, it was when Eve looked at the fruit, Satan engaged her attention onto the fruit. The Bible said when she saw that it was good for food, sin is sweet, sin is attractive, sin is desirable, to fulfill the ego. So beware. When she saw that it was good for food. Good to look at. It's the same process. And desirable to make one wise. James translates it into what? The last of the eyes. The last of the flesh. The what? The pride of life. I have a PhD and two masters. Hallelujah. How do you get the stone that will fell your Goliath? Stay in the living stream of the word. The written word kills. A seminary education devoid of the Holy Spirit will turn you into a Pharisee. 
The Holy Ghost without education in the word, you become what? A raging fire that kills, destroys everything in his path. Jesus says, error can be avoided by knowing the scriptures and the power of God. It takes a good knowledge of the word plus heavy anointing, walking in the spirit to get it right, to grow spiritually. Finally, brethren, I have ten finals. This is the first final. The main focus of our growth in the spirit is character. Is what? Is what? Notice that true spirituality is not power. Listen carefully. Those who love the Lord. If you don't love the Lord, I won't bother to share these secrets with you. True spirituality is not demonstration of power. Demonstration of power, signs and miracles is the essence of being sent. It's apostolic. Apostle, sent, messenger. True spirituality is character. Why? It takes more work and effort and, are you getting it? Time to build character than to get anointed. Oh yeah, I know what I'm talking about. You can be heavily anointed, speak in tongues of men and of angels. You can have the grace to give, empty your accounts, give your all. You can even have the unction of martyrdom, give your body to be burnt. If you don't love Christ enough to be like him, you are not going anywhere. The essence of love is desiring to become one with. Isn't that it? When you say you are in love, and all those emotions in you and those things, is it not that you want to merge your bodies together, that you may become what? One. He that is joined to what? And hallowed is one body, one flesh. And he that is joined to the spirit, to the Lord, is what? One spirit. True essence of love for God is desiring to become one with him in spirit. That is the power of transformation, not anointing per se. See, spiritual maturity, growing into Christ-likeness, is not about display of power. That's secondary. Satan displays power too. The Bible says it's going to get worse in the end time. He will prophesy and he will bring fire down raw in front of everyone. Friends, let's not be deceived. Jesus can tell you, after you have raised the dead, prophesied accurately and cast out demons even. He can tell you, you are a worker of iniquity. I don't know you. Why? Because character takes precedence over what? Power. Display of power. They said of John, this man never worked a single miracle, but everything he said about this man has been proved right. What can be said of you? Are you the one who comes and does great signs, and yet half of the girls are at risk before your eyes? Are you the lady who can sink the whole congregation into spiritual, and yet... Only God knows the number of guys you have seduced with the allures of the strange dripping, the strange human with mingling steps. Friends, what made Judas fall? He was in a perfect situation spiritually. 
What made him fall? Take note, he was among those who were sent and came back saying the demons were subject to us. Jesus cautioned them. Don't rejoice in the demonstration of power over Satan. Rejoice because you qualify for your name to be written in heaven. Because you have overcome the world. Finally, I'll end with, let's look at the process. How you can gauge yourself where you are. Number one process, First John chapter 2. Did you hear the 2? 1 John 2, verse 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. That's the Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 4 level. The first principles of Christ. The, at the end, you are assured of your salvation. You have perfect assurance of salvation. You know who you are, that you are the child of God. That you are born again of his spirit. That all the promises of God are yours. They are here and that positionally you are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. That you are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. God's own peculiar purchase. You are assured of salvation. Little children. I write to you. Because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you fathers. Because you have known him, that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him, that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Why the change of tense? I don't have the time to go into that. I have about 15 or 10 minutes left. Good. This is the spiritual demography of the church. Young ones, where are you? Assurance of salvation. You know your sins are forgiven. You have known the Father. You know. You can say, Abba, Father. Because you have the witness of the Spirit inside you. Crying out what? Abba, Father. And this is where most people think that they've made it. You are a joker. The Holy Ghost can be stirred in you. You speak in tongues. When you face situations, the spirit erupts in you. You are like a drunken man. You are drunk in the spirit. Welcome to the house. Welcome to the father's household. Little child. Take none. Then he said, young man, I've written to you because what? The word of God abides in you, you are strong and you have, you have overcome the wicked one. That is when you have taken the word for every situation. Use the rema. You have used the rema to conquer situations. You have cast, cast down the Goliath. You have broken down strongholds. You are standing. When Satan says, turn stone into bread, you can tell him, it is written, the man does not live on bread alone. There is another realm above eating bread. There is a realm above the physical realm. And that's why I'm walking, Satan. I don't live on bread alone. But by every word. The young men know how to handle the word. Let it abide. They walk by the word daily. And so they end up victorious over the wicked one. They have conquered the flesh. Are there any young men here? Let me see. Young ladies. When I say man, I mean both. God created man in his image. 
in the image of God created he him, man. Then he now puts different containers, male and female created he them. So when I say man, him, I'm talking. That's why the Bible uses him to cover humanity. The Bible is not sexist. It's not discriminating against women. It's your ignorance. Woo! Young men, the word abides in you. You are strong spiritually. You have overcome the wicked one. As long as you can lie, just like that, your tongue is as slippery as polished glass. You are not yet a young man. The Bible says stop lying to one another. Seeing that you have put off the works of the flesh. The old man have put on Christ. The new nature that is recreated after the image of his creator, God. Are you a child still? Technon. Or are you a young man? He says the word abides in you. And you wield the word to overcome the wicked one. That's when you are a young man in the spirit. That's the process of spiritual growth. This one fastings and preachings all those things you are you are navigating those realms when they say fast you don't even wait for anybody you should know gauge your spirit realm examine yourself know whether you are in the lord when to fast are you getting it when to go into praise mode when to navigate what realm you are a young man you are strong the word abides in you you have overcome the world you have overcome the devil satan is under your feet then i write to you and I've written to you. Both realms, he didn't change anything about the fathers. I write to you fathers because you have known the father. He that is from the beginning. I've written to you fathers because you have known the father. Same. The realm of the father, the growing up realm, is the realm of persistence. When you have conquered and overcome, Satan will now come and contend. That's the realm of what? Persistence. The importunate widow. Jesus ended by saying, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? That's the realm of persistence. You don't yield ground. That is when, when Jabin and Sisera, you have conquered Canaan, you have moved in, lived in the land. You are there for years. Then the Canaanite kings come together, take counsel in Megiddo, and decide that they want to take over Canaan land again. Would you, do you know how to connect the heavens? Some of you are shouting, hey, command the day and things. You have not commanded your sexuality to be still. And you are commanding heavens. You want to release the sweet influences of the Pleiades in the neck of Taurus. You want to navigate Usa Minor and cause the Polaris to shift over Draco. And you want to navigate the heavens, do you? Command the money, shake it from its edges, and command the wicked to cease. Then you should know how to go to the friend at midnight and ask for bread. You should know how to go to the judge and ask for justice. That is the realm of fathers. You should know how to put your hands on your head, walk barefooted, cover your face, because your son has risen against you. Even in the midst of that, you should know how to say, God, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. How many of you have the courage to pray when you know it's God who is punishing you are down and you can appeal to God to destroy your enemies? That's the realm of fathers. You have known him. You know a side of God that is not available to the ordinary person. That one, you are not dealing with the world. You are walking with God. 
You know his moods. You know his temperament. He knows the things that his soul hates. You know the thing. That is the realm when you are ministering to the Lord. Friends, I'll not take any more of your time. Judge today. Are you a technon? A little child? See, it's not a disgrace to be a little child. You have assurance of salvation. You know who you are. You know that you are a child of God. You know that the promises are yea and amen in Christ. Are you getting it? The Bible says you have these great promises that by them you may escape the destruction that is in the world. Through lust. You are a child. You know all this. It is written. You come to that realm of his written, a young man. You take the word and face challenges, situations. Things that come against you. You have fought the wicked one and you are strong. You are more than a conqueror. You are walking about. You know how to hit. Look, you don't sit down for temptation to overcome you. You are a young man. You know how to hit it. When the devil comes against you like a flood, through the spirit, you know what standard to lift up. You are a young man. You are strong. And that is where most people cannot enter into the burning, consuming fire and receive the commandment of the law in their being and come out glowing with the glory of God. That's the realm of a friend at midnight. God is very unwilling. Notice that all those two parables, God is the friend at midnight. You are the friend coming to beg for bread. In the next parable, God is the judge. Is he afraid of man? I'm talking prophetically. And you are the one seeking justice. You want to rule in the realms of the spirit. That is the goal. Be like Christ. Control the heavens. Speak God's purpose on the earth. Cast out. Cast down the foundations. Set up thrones and bring down thrones. Rule on the earth as kings. Bring the kingdoms of this world to become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. Impose on the elemental spirits. Hush all creation. Command them, according to Psalm 148, to praise the Lord. Sun, fire, moon, all. Command them all, judges of the earth, kings, young men, old men. Praise the Lord. That's where we are headed for. And friends, if you don't do the technon stage, the technon stage is critical. At the father's age, stage, you can still fight. That warfare. Oh, that warfare. At that age, you can wield the apostolic, any rod, depending on where you are standing. But get, please, go back and do your technon homework well. It is critical because Satan will not attack you. Listen carefully. Satan will not harass you if you didn't do the technon, the, the child stage, the first level work well, and yet you are operating level two. He won't attack you. He's waiting for you to be strong, to be popular and great. And then he'll go and rouse all the weaknesses in the level one you jumped. 
And that's when great men fall, whether presidents, kings, the Jeffrey Einsteins of this world fall on that stage. You have become a billionaire. You have conquered the financial markets. You have navigated. Are you getting it? Served through the stock markets of this world. You left your flap open. 14-year-old brought you down. It's a sad thing. And it's happening spiritually. That's when the whole bishop can go for waiting. Forgets his concordance. The driver takes it. Doesn't want to disturb the man of God. Opens the door gently to put the concordance down and slip away. And the lady with towel around her midst is coming out of the bedroom in the bishop's hotel room. You jumped stage one. Paul said, like a master builder, I laid a solid foundation. Let every man build on it. But know that this foundation is Christ. I'm not laying anything. For no other foundation can anyone lay except the principles of Christ. So we finish with Hebrews 6. Let's go back and read it. I have work to do. Save a generation for God, Christ. We need stars, more gemstones in the crown of the Prince of Peace. Will you be one of those luminaries? Will you get to level, the end of level 2? Young men. And then you have weaknesses in your foundational structure. When the storms of life, when the winds blow, the rains fall and the storms come, will your anchor drift? Or will it remain strong? Will your vessel be still birthed at the key? Or will your vessel go adrift on the waters of life? Only you are holy. Hebrews chapter 6. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be afraid, this generation. The Lord is strong and mighty on your part. All the arrows of the wicked against you, the Lord has seen them. Purge your heart. Of the allurements of the world. God is ready to take you over. He will cross this Jordan with you. Your Goliath must fall. In Jesus name. Amen. <laughs> Hebrews 6. Therefore. Leaving the principles. Of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying again. The doctrines of Christ is what? The foundations of what? Repentance from dead works. Faith towards God. The doctrine of baptisms. The laying on of hands. And of the resurrection of the dead. Of eternal judgment. And what? Perfection. And we are talking about the realm of perfection. Can you knock? Till the friend gets up to give you the loaf of bread. Persistence is the realm of perfection. Who for the joy? You have shifted your focus from this earth. You have fixed your mind on things above. Who for the joy of what lays ahead? The glory, sharing in God's glory. Endure the cross, despise the shame. 
in Gethsemane. Will you hold on until even your body gives way? Are you ready to follow on to death? If you don't lay the foundations of repentance from dead works and quote, faith towards God, you won't know what to do when it comes to that. Will you go to that church until you wear him out? Jesus said, if the unrighteous, he says what? Will God not, he will do it. That's the realm of maturity. Where people have knelt down to pray for the world, their country, give me this nation or I'll die. Where their knees are so thick and black colors that they call them camel knee. Those are people who lock up. Do you enter into warfare and suddenly the devil reminds you of things? And you are sudden, your fire quenches. Go back to Technon. You are not assured of your salvation. And it doesn't come by just being bold-faced. You must get to the stage that David, he can say, God, turn the counsel. David is taking the punishment, but he knows that he's walking with him. He has known him who is from the beginning. He knows what to do. David can give instructions, don't kill Absalom, because he knows that a certain thing is being worked out in his family. If his family is the household of God, then Absalom is the personification of Satan. He must not kill Absalom, lest he seals his son into the doom of Lucifer. Spare the young man. That is the realm of fathers. They cease thinking about themselves. They are thinking kingdom. That is when, when Saul dies, you can weep. Because the glory of Israel is slain upon the high places. It's not about the one who was doing me. Father, I thank you for avenging me against my enemies. Assurance of salvation. Thank you for listening to this message. Journey with us, read our daily posts, and connect with us on our other social media platforms as we study God's word and get to know his perspective on human issues. Until next time, stay blessed. Precious and safe.